returning. Welcome back to Gameography. This is the podcast where we explore some of the most influential games in history, one game at a time. I'm Ben Reeves. I'm Marcus Stewart. Today we're joined by Chris Sims, the comic writer slash podcaster extraordinaire. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing well. I am, well, I'm doing okay, but I am currently doing this instead of going to pick up my copy of Metroid Dread. So I could could be, I could be getting that right now. So I'm not as good as I could be, but this is, I wanted to be on the show. You're, you're going to enjoy it. Trust me. You know what? Delayed gratification. You'll enjoy it even more. It will be all sweeter. Are you feeling a sense of dread by not going to get that instead? It's, it's it's less dread and more just a high anticipation. I I am I am dreading what if it's not good, but I I I have I have faith. Uh, Fusion and Zero Mission are not currently available on on Switch. No, right? yeah, that's um, okay. sort of weird that they didn't do that yet. In fact, like on the 3DS, I think you could only play. I think it was Fusion if you were a, what a ambassador ambassador part of like that ambassador the, program if you bought the 3ds within like what the first six months before yeah. they dropped the price they gave it to you for free which was cool but then it was like well if i miss that how do i i would love to play fusion on yeah. my 3ds the answer is you don't <laughs> nintendo is so weird about that i'm glad that they're doing the switch online like nes and super nes stuff because i have i've said for years that like first of all I, there's a list of things that i believe should be available free First 50 issues of Fantastic Four mm. healthcare uh, should be free. First 50 issues of Spider-Man should be free. Uh, th- they should just like give them away. Uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers should be free. Metroid should be free because those are video games that if you play them, they will teach you how to play video games and you will be more likely to buy more video games. And Nintendo has made their money off of Super Mario Brothers in the same way that Marvel has made their money off the first 50 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. For sure. You would think at this point, too, there's so many other Mario games you can buy. Like, just give us the free one. Give us the taste and then we'll come back and pay you for every other game and we'll be a fan for life, which is the case for uh, for me. But, Chris, you're a great person to have on this podcast because you are currently in the middle of writing something called Castlemania. Do you want to explain that for our listeners? Yeah, this is a uh, a writing project that I'm doing uh, for my podcast, Rocket Ajax, which has been around for. 12 years I'm like coming up on and uh, on the Patreon I am releasing uh, a series of reviews of every Metroidvania I have ever or will ever play uh, so I've been playing a lot is it is irregularly updated for a long time I was you know I started uh, like writing about comics online in 2005 and then that was my like full-time day job from 2010 to to really to 2020 and I kind of missed that sort of review writing and doing something like that about something that I was really interested in, but wasn't comics. Cause I'd done a bunch of video game stuff as well, but uh, doing that was, I think a good way to kind of exercise those muscles and uh, get all the jokes that I wanted to write about Axiom Verge uh, onto paper in a way that, uh, I could control and and make a bunch of jokes that are footnotes. Uh, so I've done nine installments so far with uh, 11 games because uh, I did uh, the first column. I did uh, Symphony of the Night and Chasm because I feel like you can't talk about Metroidvanias in general without talking about Symphony of the Night, but you specifically can't talk about Chasm without talking about Symphony of the Night. Uh, and then my second one was Super Metroid and Axiom Verge for the same reason. Uh, my my preference tends to run towards the Castlevania side of things because I'm good at video games, but I'm not like great at video games. And so I appreciate the option to just sit there and level up until I can brute force my way past a boss, which you can't do in, in Metroid. You can't do in uh, the more like Zelda descended games. Uh-huh. I, I like, I like having lots of weapons and and being able to grind for levels. So that, that definitely influences the list. Interesting. Well, we're here to talk about Metroid 2, but before we do that, I, I'm curious, do you have a favorite Metroid? You said you lean towards uh, Castlevania, but you you played most of the Metroid games, I'm going to assume, right? Played. I've played all of the 
2D ones except for uh, the 3DS one, uh, the the kind of remake of uh, Metroid 2. Oh, sure. Samus, which is like this game, Metroid 2 Return of Samus, not the Return of Samus. Put some respect on that. Name. Just return. She's returning. So have uh, Marcus, too. I'm curious. Have either of you guys played Metroid 2 to completion? The original Game Boy one? I have. Actually, um, I didn't play it until 2015. And it was actually during my internship at uh, Game Informer that I played through it. Really? And it's funny because, yeah, because it was like the only 2D Metroid I hadn't touched at all. And it was on, I bought it on 3DS through like the Game Boy little virtual console. So I was like, oh, I should, I want to see if I can do this. Um, they won't sell us Fusion, but, but they'll sell us this one. <laughs> exactly. They knew what the fans wanted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> and it was fun because that game is, uh, and we'll get into it as we talk about like the gameplay and stuff like that. But it was so difficult to get through because of the, you know, the monochrome graphics and how everything kind of looks the same. And it was extra hard for me because I was playing it on 3DS and I got lost so many times. And I eventually just said, screw it. And like, per, I, because at the time uh, my laptop broke, like the laptop I brought with me to, to work at GI, it got damaged in the flight over to where the screen was cracked. And it wouldn't display images, but if you plugged an HDMI to an external monitor, you could see it. So that's how I had to work the entire internship what? plugging my laptop into another monitor so I could see what I was doing. I don't remember you and talking s- about this. Did you tell us? I probably did, or maybe someone walked in and looked at me like, why is he had that weird setup? Because <laughs> it was very noticeable if you looked at the screen. Like I tried to close it as much as I could without shutting it off. <laughs> but like the the place I was staying at at the time. I got really like hopelessly lost in Metroid. I was like, I don't care anymore about proving if I can do this by memory. Like I just want a map and I pulled up a map, but because I couldn't just look at it on my computer, I had to find like something to uh, project it on. And so like uh, the people I was staying with had like this ridiculously huge, like wall, almost wall to wall TV. Uh, And I just plugged it into that. So I was just playing on their couch with this humongous map of Metroid 2 (laughs) on their wall. And I remember uh, uh, the dude I was staying with uh, walked in and just looked (laughs) like, what what is that? (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I beat that whole game. I'm glad I beat it, but oh boy. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's weird that one of the big innovations with Super Metroid was a map. Like, it's weird to think the first two games just didn't have a This game is all about exploration. You think you'd give people a map, but uh, no, wasn't wasn't there. It's crazy. Chris, have you played Metroid 2 at all? I played it, but I have I have never finished it. I, I feel like there is a very good reason why that was the one that they picked for a remake. Uh, I think it shows its age more than than any other Metroid game for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It works really well within the limitations of its system, but the system is limited, and like it is a. It's as much of a masterpiece as you are likely to find on the Game Boy outside of like Tetris, but it it just isn't as good as Metroid or Super Metroid or Fusion or Zero yeah. Mission. Because yeah, it, it definitely plays better than the first Metroid, but like I would take Metroid one over it simply because it's in color and I can differentiate and can, the environment. You can better. see stuff. Like uh the like the the sprite of Samus is so big on the screen of the well because the screen on the Game Boy is so small that there was always yeah. stuff that I felt like I should have been able to see that was just out of view. Yeah, it's very yeah, zoomed in. But I was like, Samus can see that. Why can't I see that if Samus can see it? Cool. Well, let's dive into that. Let's do some table setting first. Uh, cast your mind back to 1991 because that's when Metroid 2's Return of Samus came out. Games of that year, Mega Man 4, Street Fighter 2, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, one of my favorites, Lemmings, are all mm. coming out this year. Also, just just to put you guys in the right mind space, Silence of the Lambs is the film that wins Best Picture that year. Terminator 2, Judgment Day comes out, and so does Beauty and the Beast, which is basically the same film, right? Yeah, pretty much. We also launched the Hubble Telescope that year, so that's kind of cool to think about. And the other big gaming thing was the SNES launches in the U.S. anyway. So it was already out in Japan, but it comes to the U.S. in 1991. So the same year that Metroid 2 is out, we get this brand new console. So it's just interesting to think, oh, like times are changing, guys. 
you guys have any fond memories from back then? I mean, I was roughly four years old, but I do remember like I was playing video games actively by that point. So I definitely remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog one, like about Street Fighter two, messing around with that. I did see Terminator two in theaters, which wait, what? Formula to, it's like a three year old. Fully four, yeah. That's I mean, you wild. know, my mom. I had a cool mom. Let's say <laughs> that wound up a. It was a very uh, iconic moment, formulative in my development. Because it's probably still the best action movie ever made. I've modeled my life after the T one thousand. If you probably noticed that, you have shape shifting legs, right? Yeah, and I when I jog, I just do his run, mm-hmm. and it terrifies people when I coming up to them. They get really nervous. <laughs> Well, like we said in the last episode, this game was developed by Nintendo R&D One, just like the original. Gunpei Yokoi was the producer on this one. And then we had uh, Hiro Yoji Koyutaki. I'm sorry, not a Japanese speaker, but uh, and then Hiro Yuki Kimura were both directors. So they were co-directors. And this was basically a team that was not really involved. Not a ton of people involved. Some people were involved in the first game, but it was also a separate development from Super Metroid. So this was kind of going off on its own. And then Super Metroid had a separate team working on that game. Kuyutaki was the character designer for Samus. So the original designer, but he also worked on uh, designing Wario. So that's kind of cool. The guy who designed Samus also designed Wario. Similar characters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. They both have big shoulders, I guess. Uh, I think Samus probably laughs under that helmet. Mm -hmm. Probably does some cackling. Kimura also went on to work on Super Mario Bros. 3. He's still with Nintendo. He actually works on the Super Mario 2D games and the Pikmin franchise. Hmm. So fun facts. Super Mario 3 and uh, and uh, the Metroid 2. That's pretty good track record. I think that's, that's a, a really that's good see Anyone can be proud of. Yep. Hey, you know what? I love Pikmin 2. It's one of my underrated yeah, favorites. Never played. We need a crossover with us two. They're both like alien, like you know, they're in space alien worlds. Who says uh, Samus can't stumble upon Pikmin land? Honestly, wouldn't that be cool if she showed up at a, on an alien planet and there were Pikmin there? Yeah. And then she just like does what Olimar does, but more action. Like they're just following her around, but they help her fight. I'd be all for that, honestly. And they're super creepy. Okay. Nintendo, are you listening? We're giving you, again, free money. You do this and also please make Metroid Fusion and Zero Mission yeah. uh, available yeah, on Also Switch. do whatever you need to do go. to get something that I, I don't understand why it's not on there already and has not been on there since like 2017. <laughs> Nintendo, are you listening? Symphony of the Night, get on it. <laughs> A lot of homework assignments. It's not necessarily your decision, but guys, come on. You could make it happen, I'm sure. <laughs> you got Sora and Smash. You yeah. can do this. Yeah. Nintendo's big push with Metroid 2 was to basically take the game, the franchise, and put it on the Game Boy. You know, Gunpei's baby was the Game Boy. And so he's like, well, let me take this other franchise I worked on, Metroid, put it on the Game Boy. And we want to make a game on the Game Boy that looks as good as an NES game. You know, the SNES is coming out, but we're going to have basically portable NES games now. So that was their big push is to make a game that looked as good as the NES. And I would argue in some cases, the sprites on Metroid 2 probably look better than Metroid 1. It's, as you said, Chris, a smaller screen, smaller play space. So that's how they made that work. But I don't know. I think visually it's actually kind of an interesting game, especially for 1991. Oh, yeah. Like it, it looks like a slightly like a slightly step down Super Metroid which is impressive, especially Samus's sprite. And for, you know, despite the lack of colors, like the way they tried to get around that by trying to trying to make the environments more distinct so that you could at least visually remember, like, oh, this place has these kind of looking rocks. <laughs> like, you know, they did what they could with, like, basically no color. And I, I think they pulled it off with just pure fidelity to an extent. Yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, that, that like, play space, I don't know if you guys remember from, like, the last team you played, it is it's frustrating because Samus is so big on the screen and you can only see so far ahead of you. So like <laughs> if he has this very like you kind of look like you're looking through a porthole or something. It's so confined. Yeah. And in some way, maybe that adds to Metroid's claustrophobia and maybe that kind of works in its favor in a weird way. Yeah, I it mean, it narratively really works well, but 
I do think there is something to be said about that. And I do think there is something to be said for the idea that like they did make a game about a very claustrophobic environment about being trapped, uh, which I think is a good way to approach it. But also mechanically Metroid and by extension, like most of the games that descend from it, they are games about movement and they are games about seeing where you can and can't go and being teased with the idea of, Oh, if I could just jump up there, which is a lot harder to do when you're dealing with what is essentially half the uh, visible area that you would get on, uh, on Metroid or Super Metroid. To think about how much Nintendo as a company threw behind the Game Boy and how they were able to like, extend the life of the Game Boy so long, I didn't know that Super Metroid was being developed by a different team, which in, in retrospect kind of makes sense, but... This is Metroid 2. This is the sequel to one of the like better known and and beloved games like on the NES. Even as a kid not having played it, like I knew Metroid was a big deal. Like maybe not as big a deal as Zelda, maybe not as big a deal as Mario Brothers, maybe not as big a deal as like I don't know Final Fantasy, maybe. But I knew Metroid was like a thing people loved and talked about. And to do a direct sequel that was the continuance of the like the canon on the the Game Boy, I feel like was a was a really interesting move. Because they didn't do that with everything. Like they didn't do it with Mario. Mario Land was such a different game that it becomes a literal different game by the third one. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, if you look at uh, Link's Awakening, it's spoiler warning for Link's Awakening. It's literally all a dream. Link's Awakening is not Zelda 4 in the way that Metroid 2 is Metroid 2, you know? Yeah. Zelda was that weird bald thing, too, of where they were worked out on it in secret for a while. Like, they wanted to pitch it, and the company wasn't having it, and they're like, we're going to work on it in secret for a while to make a Zelda. And it started, as I think, as like a port of Link to the Past, if I'm correct, which I always am, you know? So that is interesting. But your point, too, of like those franchises, Mario and Zelda, both had sequels on the NES where Metroid didn't. So Metroid was just one game. It didn't get to explore other concepts or ideas until it came to this other platform. And then it was sort of forced to deal with the constraints of the platform. You you only had two buttons and you is black and white. And you know, the big story there is they couldn't change the color of her suit. So when she got a suit upgrade, they had to do something else that was visual and so that's how she got the big shoulder pad, big round shoulder pads, those big shoulders. which that was all a function of just the fact that the Game Boy was black and white, which is kind of wild to think about. And now that's like yeah. her iconic look is those shoulder pads. Those big beach ball shoulder pads that look cool would probably functionally be a nightmare. I don't think he would have any peripheral vision. Just constantly bumping into shoulders. stuff when she walks through a door. I love it. <laughs> you just shoulder, you just shoulder check people constantly. <laughs> you know, thinking about like, Mario Land or or Link's Awakening, those games not so much Link's Awakening, but certainly as you get like further into the Game Boy Zeldas, but like they 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 feel different, you know. Like Link's Awakening doesn't quite feel like Link to the Past. Mario Land doesn't feel like Mario at all. <laughs> like you got an airplane and and feathers on your head to shoot fireballs. Aliens. There's aliens. Uh, it, in fact, I didn't play the Mario Land games until they were on like the 3DS eShop and they're good, mm-hmm. but they're so different. Yeah. You don't have that with Metroid. Metroid two plays like Metroid. Like partly I think because, you know, Link's Awakening coming after Link to the Past, like obviously you're going down to half the number, a third of the number of buttons, right? The Game Boy was an NES controller essentially. So yeah. it, it plays the same. And then when you get to Super Metroid, it just feels like a natural next step. Yeah. And it's so weird to think about this game that is in in many ways like a technological step down. You know, it's it's black and white, smaller screen, that it does feel like a logical next step. Like I think that's the kind of magic of Metroid 2. Yeah. It's you're right, it does by and large play it's still like Metroid's never had that game that explores and and is wildly different until way later. But there are some, I don't know, weird ways in which Metroid 2 is more linear. You know, you have that you're trying to hunt down 39 Metroids and kill them all. And you have to clear so many. And then the 
water levels drop or the acid levels drop and then you can access new areas. So that kind of creates this. It's not exactly linear, but it is more linear than most games of this ilk. It's almost I almost don't even think of it as a, a Metroidvania game. Like I think if a game came out and did this formula today, I don't know. It's almost not Metroidy because you're not you're not exploring quite as much as you would in a traditional Metroid game. And I think that maybe is partially why some people were turned off by it. That that formula isn't quite as fun. And it's not as fun to explore when the screen is so small, it, even though it does add to the claustrophobia. It would not have been fun to have the exploration element on, on the Game Boy, I don't think. It still blows my mind, yeah, that there's no map. I think a map would have helped a lot. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I can attest to that. Even with the map, it was still a challenge. It wasn't like a breeze suddenly, but... I I can't imagine. Well, I mean, I guess little kids back then, you play what you can and you just get through it because either you really like it or it's all you have and you brute force your way through it. But yeah, I can't imagine playing this back then and not having any any reference or resource to figure out where you are. Yeah. The, another interesting note, too, we talked about the suit and how the various suit, how it changes and you get the big shoulder pads. Apparently, that was a mistranslation. In Japan, it was supposed to be called the barrier suit. And, and somehow along the way, it just translated into various suit, which that's a better name than barrier yeah. suit, right? We lucked I out. always thought I thought various suit was sort of a I thought it was like a reference to just various because the suit changes a bunch of times. I thought there was a fancy way to just say various. Am I the only one that's ever thought that? I don't think no, not according to my notes. I mean, no, no, no. I, I, I that's just was always my head cannon for it. <laughs> it no, I, I kind of assumed it was like variable, you know, yeah, like, like, like it, it adapts you to variable environments or, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's good head cannon. Yeah. Apparently, you're supposed to be the barrier suit because it protects you from, you know, heat or whatever. The great barrier suit. <laughs> the great barrier reef suit. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Another couple entries like this was the first in a lot of ways. It was it was weirdly foundational. Metroid 2 was weirdly foundational for the series. You know, it was the first game where you could actually save. It had a built in battery, which is nice. But it was also the first game, you know, introduced the shoulders, which we talked about. But it was the first game where you got the space jump is the first game where you got like the spazzer beam uh, or the spider ball is the first time you saw Samus's ship. At the end of the game. So a lot of firsts for the series were introduced in Metroid 2, which is kind of weird to think about how influential, like all those things are like super important staples of the series now. And if this game just hadn't happened, like what would Metroid look like? It could look wildly different in some ways. One of my favorite things in comics, uh, anime, video games, anytime anyone has a vehicle that is shaped like their own head, I think that is like the smallest <laughs> move of all time. <laughs> I love that Samus's spaceship is Samus's head, but big. Oh man! But like I never thought of big it. and flat, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I guess it, I guess it does. I never thought about that. <laughs> like the Team Rocket balloon. Perfect. <laughs> oh, that makes me. Oh wow! I look at Samus in a new light now. It's like wow, she's got an ego. It seems <laughs> she she should have one. She's I six foot four. Her arm is a gun. <laughs> She's done a lot of cool stuff. I guess she deserved. Maybe they <laughs> gave it to her, like the Galactic Federation, just to like, <laughs> like, hey, you've done a lot of cool stuff. Here's their head-shaped ship. That would be so much better than like you know getting like a, a like a gold watch or a trophy or a gift certificate. Like here's a car shaped like your head. Everyone <laughs> will know that you you killed it out there. When you when you fly in, people are gonna be like, oh no, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, this was also the first game to show the evolution of Metroids, which is kind of cool. And as I said earlier, the goal was to kill 39 Metroids, which is the kind of setup for the, the narrative. Yeah, I mean, not much to say here about the story of Metroid 2, the return of Samus. But, you know, after the events of Metroid 1, Samus Aran, our buddy, uh, she, you know, decides that um, or rather the Galactic Federation decide like, hey, after everything that happened, what if we just went to the Metroid's homeworld and sort of nip it in the bud and just wipe them out so that there's just no chance that anyone could try to steal one and unleash uh, havoc on the universe. So they send uh, several teams there and it does not work out. <laughs> they all get wiped out in, in some way or another. So once again, they have to tap Samus to take care of it. 
so she arrives in her head shaped ship and proceeds to just hunt down 39 Metroids. It's funny that the entire species is just 39. Yeah, right. What a weird number. Too. That's how dangerous they are. That is true. They, yeah, you would think today maybe like you keep one to preserve it, but no, no, nothing about endangered species. Well, she does here. keep. Uh, spoiler alert: she does keep one to study. Well, that's true. It is a little bit weird that the premise of this game is that your hero Samus Aran, who everybody loves, is about to go do a genocide. Yeah, I <laughs> thought about quick. that because the Metroids aren't evil; they're just they're just doing what they do, right? They, they just suck energy. That's just how they live. They're not like dastardly. <laughs> so it seems like you would just stay away from them. That's one of the things. Isn't the problem Ridley here? Like maybe you could go take yeah, care of him. Yeah. It's other people like space pirates trying to exploit them. You know, that, uh, that is one of the things that confuses me is what are the Metroids really that dangerous? Like if we just left them on their planet. Would they come to get us? Like, couldn't we just leave them there and they'd be fine? Well, presumably they've been there for a long time anyway, right? And nothing's happened until the space pirates came up with the bright idea of weaponizing them. <laughs> so presumably we've already been living alongside them with no problems. It's like this planet has a collection of nuclear devices, and it's not so much that the nukes are going to go off. It's more that somebody's going to go and grab one and bring it back and do something bad with it. Exactly. That's, you know, the Federation is trying to, uh, like I said, try to take some bullets out of the chamber so to speak <laughs> yeah except these except these are like little space jellyfish that will mistake you for their mom if you yeah. uh, if you go down there and are weirdly cute yeah mildly adorable in a weird way uh so yeah and the thing we do see or like you said ben learn about them is that uh, as you're fighting them they evolve into like lizard creatures basically so it's kind of the first time we get to see that they can like digivolve <laughs> into new forms uh yeah lizards is an interesting way to describe them i don't know if i ever thought of them as lizards i thought of them as like i never understood the connection to like mother brain are they supposed to be because they reminded me when they evolve of kind of like mother brain's design a little bit in super metroid oh, i think they're i don't the same i don't think they release? are but like i always wondered if there was a connection because there's some like and probably that's just a factor of like the weird grotesque design horror-ish design they were going for yeah, okay that's pretty much like that is the bulk of the story she murders um all of these innocent metroids she gets to the queen metroid which is a much larger like lizard creature thing that uh, is not as cute as a regular metroid for sure um and after she uh wipes out queen metroid she uh goes to take her leave but she discovers a metroid egg that hatches in front of her and the Metroid is basically like a duckling, kind of imprints itself onto Samus. And Samus realizing like, hey, these things are pretty cute. I don't know. I didn't realize this after killing over 30 of them. <laughs> I think I'll uh, take I'll take this guy. Everything's cute as a baby. <laughs> yeah. When it's the last of their kind, they get a lot cuter, don't they? <laughs> um, Be fair. It is the first one that doesn't immediately try to kill her. True. True. So, I mean, look, she she's up in their house. But is this like buying a like a baby gator or like a you know like a, a dangerous handle? Like it's cute, but then you realize it's got to grow up eventually. Then you got to take it to the woods and throw rocks at it until it finally runs off. <laughs> Wait, what? Throw rocks? Isn't that always okay. like the? I don't know. Was that White Fang or what? What movie was that? Where he's like, go no, get out of here. Thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was yeah. like, I'd probably just get in the car and drive away. I don't know if I throw rocks at it, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, Samus does not throw rocks. She spares it and tells it the hey let's let's get out of here together and so samus and the uh baby metroid get on their again head-shaped ship and it pretty much the story rolls right into the events of super metroid from there right because the last metroid is in captivity that's true that's how the super metroid starts it's interesting to think when they were planning this narrative they didn't really know where it was going because super metroid was doing its own thing it wasn't really even development until this game comes out, but I don't think they had a plan. This is setting something up for later. They were just like, wow, isn't this a fun conclusion? Yeah, you would think like I'm not to get into like Super Metroid spoilers, but just for the sake of maintaining the series name without having to shoehorn Metroids into every game, even when they're not like the primary threat. Maybe you keep that baby Metroid as like. Like we said, I think we said the first episode, like, what if that just became her baby Yoda? 
and they just go on adventures together so that even you could have you could still name the series metroid without ever having to rely on putting metroids in every game because she just has one would watch i would be 100 percent on board for that yeah that'd be great i you know what else i would love is you mentioned earlier chris the genocide aspect wouldn't it be nice if they i don't know wrestled with that in some way (laughs) or just like (laughs) it'd be more interesting to reflect on like oh we tried to do this really terrible thing what does that mean for us (laughs) how do i wrestle with that as a person who did this thing yeah the the, that's that's definitely something the game boy was not capable of doing (laughs) couldn't fit uh fit that into game boy i do think there is it, as, as much as I, I joke about it, I do think there is something that's really interesting about giving you, even like, especially in 1991, like giving you this game where it's like, okay, go to this planet, hunt down all these mindless alien monsters that are trying to kill you. And then like at the end, it's like, wait a second. This one, it, it turns out it's not quite as much of a mindless monster as you thought. So yeah, like I think there is room to do that. And I think there is, again, it is a way more complicated situation than it seems for a NES game and a Game Boy game from the 80s and 90s. Like, these are creatures that do just try to kill you as soon as they see you. But you're also in their house. But they're also very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you didn't do this, something even worse would happen. Do you save this Metroid, even though, you know, Ridley's going to show up eventually and, and cause some trouble with it? Like, it's a it is an interesting moral quandary for what is nominally, how can we make the movie alien on Game Boy? Would it, if you're in a galactic federation, wouldn't it be easier? Like you send all these teams down and they all get wiped out. If, if your goal is to just wipe them all out anyway, why not just blow up the planet? Oh. Like, it seems like you don't care about it anyway. Like, why not just do that instead of sending someone else like, you know, like nuke it from orbit because it's the only way to be sure. Like, I yeah, wonder why. Then, I wonder where they could yeah. pick up that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're already in a in a genocidal mindset. You may as well go all the way to really make extra sure <laughs> that no one can exploit the planet ever again. It is a good like um, I don't know. It helps build Amos's legacy up too. When they're like, we sent multiple teams here. Our SEAL Team Six went, and they're all dead. We got to send in, yo, we're not going to send a bigger army. We're just going to send one person now. And it's Samus. It's like, she's that much more capable than a team of people. Yeah, pretty much. They, the, those it. other teams, they, they died to, to put her over, that's right. you know, that's they, right. they, they, they did the job. <laughs> as wrestling fans. They're the CR Imperial guard, uh, where they get beaten up so that you know that it's serious. I, I do like referring to them as enhancement talent. That's, that's very good. <laughs> yeah that is really good there's uh in my research for this too this is sort of an aside there apparently between metroid one and this game there was a or sometime around this game was a japan only choose your own adventure kind of comic book thing that came out and you could kind of play it as a game but the the so the space pirates aren't in metroid 2 but they were in this book but nobody knew what space pirates looked like and so the people who made this book just drew them as like normal people. We talked about that last episode is like, I kind of wonder if like the team just thought of them as like Han Solo types of like, these are just base pirates. They're rascals. They're, they're not like an alien race. And we saw that in super Metroid that they're actually aliens. But before that, they're just people, which it reminds me of, uh, are you guys familiar with the Marvel's job of the hut? Marvel's job of the hut. Yeah, back when like Marvel was doing the comic books for Star Wars, they put no. out this job of the hut that is just this like Google it. It's amazing looking. It's just this sloppy looking dude. Okay. I'm looking this up now. I need to see this. So it's like it's not just Jabba the Hut. Okay. But I love little facts like that of like before this thing was like super established as this icon that we know now, trying to figure it out and figuring it out in other media is always amazing. Hmm. Yeah, that's odd. I'm looking at it. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> Bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> Next trilogy. Yeah. So as we we said, um, Metroid 2 came out in 1991. Came out specifically in November of 91 for the US. Do you guys want to guess when it came out in Japan? 
it came out. Did it come out afterwards? Like it didn't come out in Japan first. Marcus, yeah, it came out January twenty first, nineteen ninety two, hmm. which is such a weird thing, especially for back then, that this game came out in the U.S. first because usually it happened the other way around. Yeah, it's like they figured out real quick that we like it more than they do. Yeah, no, well, yeah, they knew right away from the first <laughs> first game, but yeah, it speaks to the fact that Metroid is just more popular in the U.S. Man, which is wild. Was it? Uh, did you play it at its time, uh, Ben or Chris? Like. I played it in the 90s at some point, but not right when it came out. You know, it was a couple of years later. It was it was after Super Metroid that I was like, I'm going to go back because I played the first Metroid, skipped Metroid 2. And then when Super Metroid came out, I was like, this is amazing. And I went back and finally beat Metroid. And like, I was like, I have to see the whole series now. And so I'm going to play Metroid 2, which I was like, all right. It was it was a fun history lesson at the time, but. I can't imagine going back to Super Metroid 2 now. Yeah, I was wondering because I was like, I was wondering how this was received at the time. And it looks like it was it was reviewed pretty well across the boards by and large. Like, you know, some people were down in it. But, you know, when you think about how people look at it today, it's kind of the uh, the redhead stepchild of the series um, and its day. You know, and it was only the second game, of course, too. But it's like, OK, people seemed hotter on it at the time than I, maybe I would have expected. Yeah, it definitely had its fans. There were a lot of people who were like, they should remake this game long before they ever actually remade it. In fact, in August of 2016, if you guys remember, there was a game released by a fan called Another Metroid 2 Remake, AM2R, <laughs> that was released for free online and then you know subsequently taken down <laughs> by Nintendo. I still have mine. Yeah. Have you guys played that? Yes, I ran through that whole thing when it came out and it's great. I have not, and I would love to, because again, like I, <laughs> I feel like there's a very obvious reason why Metroid Two was the one that they wanted to do a remake of, like the official remake. But also, every, the stuff that I saw about it, I was like, no, but not like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> do do it different. Go back. Go back. Yeah, because like AM2R, it's more or less. If you want to be super reductive, it's like oh, we remade Metroid Two in the fusion style. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Like, I love the visuals of that game. And it does. It turns it into a proper Metroid style game where you like you have a full map and you're doing more, you know, running back across the map to other areas that I couldn't access previously because you got a new upgrade. Is there is there still no way to access that game anywhere? Like no one's archived it or anything that you know of? I don't know. You'd think Frank Cifaldi or somebody would have that or maybe the Internet Archive. I don't know. Yeah, like I still have it on another laptop. Dude, don't tell Nintendo. Oh, oh I think they're kicking down the doors right now. Actually, <laughs> they're, they're coming right. for you, dude. <laughs> it's really cool. If you can get your hands on it, Chris, I recommend checking it out. Yeah, if um, it would sure would be a shame if anyone were to send it to me with like maybe detailed instructions on how I can play it like that. If. That would I definitely don't do that. Wink, wink. I have to. Uh-huh. I'm on video for you guys, but for the listeners, wink, wink. Yeah. Audio. Nintendo. We're not exchanging games here, but it is fun that the see Milton Gusti, who I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Milton. He made that game. And he was a huge fan. He had to take it down. But now he works at Moon Studios, so he's making the Ori games. So yeah. oh, that makes total him. sense. Yeah. 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 Ori, Ori games, they're great. I love those games. Fantastic. Can't wait for you to talk uh, about those, Chris. Uh, I haven't replayed the first one yet, and I haven't played the second one. I got very frustrated with some of the ch- jumping puzzles in the first oh, one, and I don't, I don't think I ever finished it. I got a little mad at myself and the game. Fair. So. That's fair. <laughs> the second one, I think it's a little more polished across the in that regard, you know, the first one was was pretty brutal, like the jumping puzzles, like you had to be like an expert platform. It was like Meat Boy levels at, at some points, it felt like. But the second one, still pretty good challenge, but I think it's a little bit smoothed out where you don't have those like crazy difficulty spikes. I recommend it. It was my game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so going good to, job, Milton. It's wild, though, because at least for me personally, like that era, the mid 2010s was all metroid 2 for me because like i mentioned earlier like 2015 i played metroid 2 in its entirety for the first time 
Then the following year, AM2R happens. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm playing this again, but better. And then the following year, Nintendo makes Samus Returns, like their own official remake of it. So I had like a three-year streak where I just was playing Metroid 2 over and over. Yeah. And I played AM2R not long before, because I I knew... So yeah, the official chronology is they shut down in 2016, they shut down that AM2R. And then the following year at E3, they announced Samus Returns. So Mercury Steam's remake of it, the official remake. And, you know, there's the conspiracy theories that Nintendo shut it down because the fan project, because they had the new, the official one coming. I think they honestly would have done that either way, just because like, you know, oh yeah, that's a, they got to protect their copyrights, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the tricky part of darn, darn these corporations uh, being so, you know, shutting down the fan projects is that legally if you know about it and you don't go after it you can get dinged for like like they'd be like oh like legally you don't care about this trademark so it doesn't matter so people can do whatever they want uh which is a little bit of a bummer uh but also it is perfectly understandable why someone would would do the same thing that they did with the uh the pokemon fan games that uh even when they didn't have like remakes necessarily in the pipeline like i don't like again Sure would be a shame if someone sent it to me personally so I could play it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I we mean, want we won't let that happen. But I do, I do, uh, I, I do get why uh, they, there is a uh, legal need under the, uh, the oppressive yoke of capitalism to sure. uh, deal with that stuff that way. I've always heard that. And I've always been like, it's so interesting to me that valve is so loosey goosey with that then because they let fans like create side projects of all their franchises. And maybe it's just because they're not going to make another portal. I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) which is a shame because they should, but apparently they're not worried about losing their license or, or whatever with that. So I, it is weird to see the other side of that on Valve, and they're not worried about money anyway. Yeah. Are you saying that someone should remake Metroid 2 using Gary's mod then? Oh, wink, wink, yeah. Honestly, if you made a Metroid game with portals, I would play that. Ooh. Yeah. In fact, hold on, wasn't there a game like that, or am I imagining that? I think you're just thinking about how Samus has similar boots in Smash. Is that it? That's what I'm thinking that of. That does sound vaguely familiar now, and I don't know if you've just implanted that idea in my brain or if that actually happened. But now that I'm really thinking, it's like that actually doesn't sound completely ridiculous. <laughs> it's like that maybe someone did do that. Right? I know there was like Metroid. Was it Prime or was it a 2D game? No, I think it was a 2D game. I'm imagining a 2D game with portals, but it might have been just a fan thing. Somebody write in if you know what I'm thinking of. There was that, um, what was it called? The transporter? Or what was the one where you made duplicates of yourself? You know what game I'm talking about? It came out like five years ago. Oh, not a Metroid game? It's, it's yeah. Side-scrolling uh, action game. <laughs> Great uh, podcasting. The, uh, what the was sw- the game? The Swapper? The Swapper, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah Swapper's was- a great game. Not a Metroid game, really, but great puzzle game. Hmm. But there was another game with portals in it, I want to say. 2D game. Anyway. Nintendo, add portals to the Metroid. It's great. So yeah, we said the following year, 2017, Nintendo announced not just Samus Returns, they also announced Metroid Prime 4 in their official like E3 presentation. And then Samus Returns was announced like right after that, like on the Nintendo Treehouse live stream. It was like not even part of the official (laughs) stream, which is wild. They announced two Metroid games. Because I remember covering that with like Kyle Hilliard and we like close our laptops like, well, that's over. Nintendo's <laughs> streaming now. And then it's like, wait, what? There's another Metroid game? What's this 2D Metroid on the screen? We're like, I guess we got to rate that. Yeah, the, the, the weird post show. That's I forgot about that. I also forgot that Prime 4 was announced that same E3. But yeah, it's all coming back to me now. And it, they did the same thing that they did with Dread where it's like, hey, surprise, new Metroid. Also, it's coming out in a few months. Yeah. So what's wild about that is, so 2017, both Metroid games are announced, then Samus Returns comes out, and now Dread's coming out before Metroid Prime 4, which means Mercury Steam has lapped Retro (laughs) and been making Metroid Prime 4, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah, or at least least, uh, whoever 
because uh, Retro wasn't on it at the beginning. That's true. Wasn't Retro it? wasn't yeah. on it when they announced it. Was it Nintendo and Capcom? Yeah, someone Nintendo internally and like, or was it Cyber Connect too? It's like another Japanese studio. I forgot at this point. So the wild thing about Metroid: Samus Returns was there was so Mercury Steam is the developer. They're Spanish. Jeff Cork, who we worked with at the time, went and visited them for a feature on that other game they were putting out. Uh, the Raiders of a Broken Planet or whatever it's called. I think it got renamed. Oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I remember I know what you're talking about, but something like that. I forgot the exact title. And it was before Samus Returns came out and he was talking to them. He's like, hey, you guys must be crunching to get Samus Returns done and this other game. And he's like, what? They were like, what? No, Samus Returns has been done for months. Like, we're just <laughs> waiting for Nintendo. Like, it was done in the can, ready to go before it was even announced is the impression we got. Which is wild to think about like, yeah, that's just how Nintendo rules. Sometimes they'll just have projects done that the public does not know about. I would love to know what's in their vault right now. It's like, what are they waiting to release that they haven't announced? It's that, well, it's that Prime trilogy that everyone's convinced has already been made and they're just sitting on. Probably is. (laughs) Like the Nintendo executives are throwing it around like Frisbees in our office for fun. Another interesting like tidbit to the Mercury Steam thing is they had wanted to work, this is more public knowledge, but they had wanted to work on a Metroid game long before they pitched it, but they, long before they worked on Samus Returns, I should say, they pitched a game to Nintendo as like, hey, we want to remake Metroid Fusion for the 3DS, which would have been kind of cool, but Nintendo was like, nah, you can't remake that. You should remake two instead, which in some senses is maybe a smart call because two is the one that needed more of a, a boost it yeah. needed that update and where's fusion still a good game that's fascinating i mean they could still do it you know if they wanted to but yeah that's an interesting yeah fusion i don't think that game really has aged a day honestly yeah I, I feel like you could just put out measure fusion like that's the thing is like metroid 2 i think is like really good for the game boy in 1991 super metroid's good like, Super Metroid's good today um, mm. in the way that, like, Symphony of the Night is good today, in the way that uh, Aria of Sorrow is good today, like, in the way that Mario 3 is good today. Fusion's good still. Exactly. There's still, there are still Metroidvania games released today, probably even this year, that are not as good as Super Metroid. Correct. Yeah. If you play them side by side, you're like, I like this one better. <laughs> this game yeah. that's like 20, what, five years old at this point plus? Yeah. And Super Metroid's readily available <laughs> on like a uh, fusion. Uh, yeah, just do that. I mean, a remake. Sure. But I, I would honestly be more nervous about that because of like, again, like fusion is almost so flawless as like, I don't know what you would need to like, even the visuals. Like I don't even want updated. Like I don't want a 2.5 D fusion. You know, I think those sprites look great. That's the problem is I'd, I'm worried they would want to update it to 3D or something, but I like the visuals of the 2D Metroids. You know, the interesting thing about Mercury's theme, too, is like, are they the only developer that has made Metroid and Castlevania games? I was going to ask. Yeah, I don't know. Chris, do you know? Because I know Mercury's theme, they made the Lords of Shadow games and they made specifically that Mirror of Fate one, which is the closest to like a 2D Castlevania game that they worked on. But then they also made these Metroid games, so they are like the Metroidvania studio in my mind. I, mm, I, I don't want to be mean, but well, I, I'm not saying like they're the best developers <laughs> out there. I'm just saying they're the only ones who's worked on both. I, yeah, yes, yes, I, I, I think that's that's true. I now you can be mean. Mirror Fate's <laughs> not good. Mirror Fate's very bad, actually. Uh-huh. Like having not played the the Metroid that they made. I can tell you, Mirror of Fate's bad. <laughs> I thought it was, it's not great. I thought it was okay. But yeah, it has, it, it, it like Samus Returns is a better, it's it's a Metroid game, but it is a better one of those than Mirror of Fate. <laughs> they did a it's better those, Metroid than 2D right. Castlevania. Good. And it makes me wonder like, okay, how much is Nintendo bringing to the table when they're overseeing this project? They must be like, no, do this, do this, do this they probably have a pretty heavy hand in helping shape what's going on, right? Probably more so than Konami, especially in that time. Like that sure. period of Konami, like it was kind of approaching <laughs> the uh, Konami falling off a cliff. 
space. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to assume, but I mean, just knowing Nintendo how they are, I, w- I can't see Konami having the same just like almost micromanaging level of like making sure that this is good <laughs> that Nintendo would have. Which can't be good or bad. There's something to be said about giving the developer like, hey, here's IP, do what you want. You know, that's that can be pretty cool, too. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mirror Fate, it's OK at best. I don't I don't think it's terrible, but Mirror Fate is worth playing because the plot of it is audaciously nonsensical. Like it, oh, in the way okay. that it, it reboots, like goes with uh, Lords of Shadows reboot of the Castlevania timeline. Like it's genuinely hilarious. I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for anybody, but yeah, because it's like a bridge between lord of saturn one and two like they tried the kind of kingdom hearts chain of memories that of like this is important you gotta if you want the whole story you gotta play this yeah the the big twist of uh of lords of shadow being what if a belmont was dracula first of all done better in all right i'm sorry second of all <laughs> i do, i do like that they were like okay well what does that mean does that mean his kid trevor belmont is Alucard? I just spoiled it. I'm sorry. The answer they have is yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they actually address it? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, you you play as like you have three different playable characters, and like uh, it's uh, I, th- I think it's not Trevor. It might be Simon. Whichever one it is, like you play through as a Belmont who then gets uh, killed by Dracula and resurrected as Alucard, uh, who you know and love from Symphony of the Night. It's fully bananas. Yeah, it sounds wild. So plays his kid. <laughs> the the impression I'm getting though is I don't need to go back and like finish. I remember playing it back in the day, and I never finished it. I no, don't need to good. worry about going back. You, know, you really good. don't need to play that first Lords of Shadow. Like I think that game is great. And then you're like, yeah, Mirror of Fate, and then especially Lords of Shadow Two. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, you should play that first one, and then I don't know the first ten minutes of. Lords of Shadow 2, maybe? You could look up a YouTube video. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you do don't is, need you could play God it. of War and have the uh, exact same experience. Yeah, I mean, f- for that matter, you could play Breath of the Wild or like any number of other good you know, games. You could, you could enjoy there yourself. There are lots of better games you can play. <laughs> yeah. You could play Mario 3. You could play Super Metroid. They should reboot Castlevania with Norse mythology, I think. Hmm. That'd be good. Uh, I love it. Uh, so that's Metroid 2. I don't know. Uh, we've talked about how it definitely has a lasting legacy for the series itself. I don't know if it's definitely not worth going back. If you do want to go back and just sort of experience the narrative and like thematically what was going on, I think Samus Returns, the remake, is good. And if you can get your hands on it, AM2R is also a really good game. They feel weirdly like two different games, even though they're a remake of the same game. Oh, they, they feel are. fairly different, which is kind of cool. But obviously, yeah. you know, that would be illegal to play AM2R now, right? Oh, no. You don't want to go to, to Nintendo jail. The worst kind of jail. That's right. So, yeah, I, I can't recommend going back to play Metroid 2, the original Game Boy one these days. It's Metroid 2. One last question. Is it the best of the weird Nintendo sequels? Because they have a phase where like all their twos are just the weird black sheep of their series, like Mario 2, Zelda 2, Star Fox 2, which didn't even see the light oh. of day for decades. <laughs> well, it's probably better than Star Fox 2, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I like Mario 2. I even yeah. like Zelda 2. Link to uh, Link. What is that one called again? Uh, Link the to Adventure of Link. Adventure of Link, yeah. Yeah. Castlevania 2. Which that one's good, isn't it? No. Yeah, not first party Nintendo, but it is weird. Yeah. Simon's Quest. I feel like it fits in the in the pattern of Nintendo sequels are odd. Uh-huh. Yeah, but no, I feel like Metroid Two. It's the same stuff, just a little bit different. In Metroid's case, it's you know scaled down with the sprites scaled up. Yeah, it might be the second for me. Like number two, like Mario Two is number one with a bullet. Like Mario Two was a good game. It's just very yes. weird. Uh. But after that, like, I've never been a Zelda 2 fan. I think that game is just ridiculously hard. It is very hard. Star Fox 2 is is more of that first game, but maybe not as good. (laughs) 
Uh, so yeah, it might, like I was thinking in my mind, like that might be number two behind as much as I have my problems with Metroid two, I'd rather play that than Zelda two, honestly. Yeah. And all the weirdness from it, as we've talked about is, is because of the console it was on. It was yeah. all had to do yeah. with the Game Boy. And even with that, like, I feel like Metroid two is perfectly playable. Uh, like yeah. it is, it is, it, it works just fine. Uh, it, it is not like critically or fundamentally broken in the way that 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 Castlevania 2 is to be honest um mm-hmm. like you you could play Metroid 2 today you'd just be like oh this is an old game it wouldn't hold up in the way that like Super Metroid does yeah they made a big push with it when the Super Game Boy came out you know that plug in for the Super Nintendo where you can play all your Game Boy games in color the thing I heard, and I, I don't I can't back this up by hard journalism, but that the programmers of Metroid 2 also were working on or had the idea for that Super Game Boy. And they programmed Metroid 2 specifically to make use of that later on. And so that's why it it specifically did a good use of color. Heard that, too, at the time, like I heard that, like I remember as a kid hearing that, like, there were specific games that would be that were like meant to be improved if you played them on Super Game Boy. Yeah. And Metroid 2 was one. Metroid, Metroid 2 was, was like one they used specifically during yeah. the marketing. The example. Yeah. Which is a good choice. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it did. If you, especially if you put it in color, it looks like you put a screen next to like the original one. It looks better than the original. Yeah. Other than the, the cramped quarters. But yeah. Also to clarify, if anyone's already, we're talking about American Mario 2, not Japanese right. Mario 2, which is also weird. but. Less weird. Just super hard. You guys ever played that? <laughs> Lost yeah. levels? It's probably the I think it's the only 2D Mario game I've never finished. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> it's like uh I want to be a guy. Looking at uh Metroid 2, like on the Super Game Boy, it does look really good. Like it 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 honestly looks closer to to Super Metroid, I think, than than it does to uh to Metroid 1. Just yeah. by virtue of uh, the the time that it passed after Metroid One, but yeah. If you're if you're gonna play it, that's probably the that's probably the way to go about it. Was uh, that peripheral expensive? The Super Game Boy was that something that most players or like kids could reasonably like? I sure never had it. Or, yeah, I think it it was like the price. Of, I want to say it was the price of a game, but I was also young when that came out, so I don't really know. Okay. But it, uh, these days, it might be harder to get. Uh, they also did one for the GameCube that was for the Game Boy Advance, which I know because the last time I played uh, Aria of Sorrow was through that. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically the idea of the Switch long before the Switch. Oh, Metroid, Metroid 2 is literally on the Super Game Boy box. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a screenshot of Metroid 2 with like the Game Boy on one side, the Super Game Boy on the other. Should have just, so. just did a bundle and just throw the game in there charge for money the worst the worst part of metroid 2 on super nintendo i think is probably or on on super game boy is that you could also be playing super metroid (laughs) at that point yes because the super game boy came out but also like i'm sure that was like hey you want more metroid kids yeah don't have a game boy all right that's metroid 2 as we said thanks for being on marcus thanks for being on chris Uh, if you want to follow us on twitter i'm at benjamin reeves Marcus, where can people check you out? I'm at Marcus Stewart seven and that's the number seven. Cool. And then Chris, anything you want to plug? Where should people check out your stuff? Yeah. Uh, probably the main place that you can find me these days is, uh, on the various podcasts that I do. Uh, I do war rocket Ajax, which is a comic book podcast weekly, uh, with Matt Wilson as my co-host. We do a bunch of different podcasts kind of under the, uh, auspices of Ajax. We do one about movies called movie fighters. We do one about snack foods called snack situation. Uh, all kinds of stuff there. If you are interested in checking that out, I would recommend. Uh, we have been for eight years, seven or eight years, doing a project where we uh, are ranking every comic book story ever printed uh, on based on lists that are sent to us by listeners. Uh, and that list has over twelve hundred comics on it at this point. But those we we do uh, uh, two hour specials for that every month, uh, thanks to our Patreon backers. Uh, that you can you can listen to if you're curious to know what we talk about 
I also do a podcast called Apocrypals, which is about uh, two non-believers who uh, have backgrounds in comic books reading the Bible and trying not to be jerks about it. The thing I like to tell people is that we take biblical texts of the Bible, Apocrypha, Lives of Saints, we take them exactly as seriously as we take uh, comics about Spider-Man, but you have to understand that we take comics about Spider-Man very seriously. <laughs> uh, so if that sounds like something you would enjoy, that is Apocrypals. Uh And there's a bunch of other podcasts. Are you guys reading the comic book version of the Bible? Uh, it has been suggested. It's been suggested that we do so, like there's a manga Bible, but I think that would be like really visual to do sure. in podcast form. And it has also been suggested that we play that, uh, that Dante's Inferno video game from like the mid two thousands. That is like, that looks like a video game from the mid two thousands. Uh, yep. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just remember that like comic book version of the Bible was advertised heavily when I was a kid. It was like, <laughs> like kind of to my demographic too. It was like, wait, there's a comic book version. That sounds way better. I want that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, we did uh, episode 64. Uh, we did episode Nintendo 64, uh, which was, we talked about the wisdom tree games. Uh, but we also do, you know, if you are curious about uh, the, the hagiography of St. Nicholas or uh, what, uh, the apocalypse of Paul is like, then by all means, check out uh, Apocrypals. It is a it is a very fun show to do that a lot of people seem to like. And you can find links to all that at the-isb.com. That's my way. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Chris, for being on. Thanks, everybody out there for listening to this episode of the show. Come back next week. We're going to be talking about the big one, Super Metroid. Until then, Metroid on, everybody. Keep Metroiding. Well, Metroid. <laughs>